Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. We all wish we had more direction in life. We have so many questions about work, marriage, family, our future. Many times we just wish we knew what God was saying. When you hear someone say God spoke to them, you ever wonder, but how did they hear God? What does he even sound like? Or does he still speak to us today? Join us for a series on hearing God's voice and how we can learn the way he communicates with us. Today we're starting a new series called Hearing God's Voice, and we're going to take five weeks to go through this because this is a pretty big topic. To be honest, we could probably take more than five. There's so much to be said, so, uh, but I talk fast, so we're going to get at least eight weeks and then five weeks. That's kind of how that works if you guys know me. And uh, what we're going to do is, is over these next five weeks, just try to separate all of the, the myth and the, the stuff that's said out there from the truth about what God's voice really is for us and, and, and how we can make this real. This became real for me personally when I went off to college. I've always gone to church. I grew up in a church family, and so I've been to church more times than I could count at this point. And uh, even though that was true, the church that I grew up in uh, had a huge respect for God. They had a great love for God, uh, but they always, and they would always talk about what we would know about God from what God had done in the world because it's, it's written in, his, in the book in his Bible, in scriptures. And then we would also know what God was going to do in the future. That's also written in scripture. So we were always talking about what God had done. We'd always talk about what God would do. We, we never really talked about what God was doing, that God would speak to his people and be with his people and, and be interactive in the lives of his people. And, and that was a very different kind of way of thinking. And so I went off to college and, and met these other people that at the time I just thought they were really weird. Now I would call them Christians because they just did what you see in the Bible. But for me, even though I grew up going to church, that was weird. People would actually pray for you if you were sick. People would say, I was praying this morning and God said to me, and I thought, God said to you? God talks to people? What is that all about? And I asked the campus pastor if he would mentor me. And so one of the first appointments we did, we sat down and, hey, how you doing? Hey, good. So, hey, what's God saying to you? I'm like, what do you mean what is God anybody ever had somebody ask you that question you're like you don't even know how to get words out i don't know does god speak to you god doesn't speak to me i didn't know god speaks to people and i think this is one of the things we all wish we could do better is hear the voice of god Uh, i meet so many people that that would probably say this is not a regular part of your life or it's just not something that you're good at that this is something we all wished we could do better i know as a pastor i'm always talking with people and they're saying I just don't know what God is saying to do. I could do this. I could do that. I've got, you know, what are we doing? And, and, and so now I ask people, hey, what is, what is God saying to you? So if y'all, if y'all don't want to hear that, don't make an appointment with me because that's, that's kind of how that's going to roll. But they're like, well, why do you think I'm in your office? I came to your office for you to tell me what God is saying. No, no, no. We're going to learn that God speaks to every single one of us, not just to the pastor or through the pastor. But the reason we struggle is because we have some roadblocks. And one of those roadblocks is that we just don't think God speaks to us. I mean, we think he speaks to people, but not to us. Every, every other person, not to me, right? And, and maybe it's this idea we think, well, I just did too much wrong last week, or I yelled at my wife last night, and God's not happy with me, or God loves other people more than God loves me. There's just always something going on in our thinking that makes us think God speaks, but he, he doesn't speak to me. And maybe it is just because my hearing's broke. Maybe it's just me. My hearing is messed up or something. 
Some of us, we have a, a roadblock that might be theological. We don't believe God speaks to people. And then many of us have a roadblock of we just think hearing from God is hard, kind of mystical, kind of weird. We have this strange idea that God is like up in heaven going, ha, 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 look at them. They can't quite figure out how to follow me. This is fun. Like I created an obstacle course. Let me see if I can keep this difficult for them, you know? Oh, if they could only hear from me. Well, I'm not going to talk to them. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what we think of God. But here's the reality. It should not be hard to follow God. It should not be hard to hear from God. So what we're going to do during these five weeks is we're going to take those roadblocks, those mental roadblocks, those things that occur in our, our thinking about God and, and hearing from him, and we're going to totally destroy them. At least we're going to make every effort to do that. We want to tear those things down. And so I'm going to begin today uh, with this whole series by just laying a theological groundwork. We need to build a framework through which we're going to see everything else we're going to say. And so if you guys will allow me just a minute, we're just going to go through a real quick theology class, nerd style, but it'll be fun. I promise I'll keep it light. And so I'm just going to show you two scriptures. I'm going to do one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament to show you that God has done and is still doing the same thing. And I want us to get that. You don't need to turn there because these are going to go quickly. So the first one is out of the book of Exodus. And here's what's exciting about this. This is at a point in time where God is beginning to reveal himself to people. If you remember, the problem we have is that God created the earth and he made man and nobody knew anything about him. So God has to begin to reveal himself over time. And so as we're in Exodus, God is beginning to show people what he wants from them, how he wants to interact with them, what he wants to do among them and what he is going to be like. And so here's where we get this passage. It says, it shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak to you there. I will meet with you to speak to you there. I will dwell among the people of Israel and be their God. This is what God's saying his intent is. He wants to live among people. He wants to be among people, and he wants to speak to his people. He wants his people to know that he is their God. And so this burnt offering that he's talking about, you need to understand, it's not one of those sacrifices you had to do when you sinned. It wasn't a guilt offering, a sin offering, it was none of that kind of stuff. Actually, this is one that God set up. He said, look, I just want every morning, every morning, every day, throughout all generations, and again, every evening, twice a day, every day, throughout all generations, I just want you to come and meet with me and to hear from me and to be reminded that I am your God and you are my people. I want to dwell among you. And then we have Jesus coming many years later and saying in John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my voice. My own know me. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Here's the theological truth that I want us to have this morning before we do anything else in this series. And that is that God wants an ongoing relationship and ongoing communication with his people. God wants an ongoing communication and an ongoing relationship with his people. The only question that we have for this series then is how? How is God going to do this? Because if you've ever read the Bible, there are some really strange and amazing stories of things God did. There was a guy named Moses. Moses is just taking a walk. He's out walking along. And over there, he notices there's a bush. And it's on fire. But it's not burning up. 
So he decides he's going to go and check it out, get a little closer. I don't know. That's not exactly my first reaction to things that are on fire. But he's, all right, let's go over here. Let's check this out. Go get a little closer. So he gets closer, and a voice comes out of this bush, and there's no one around, right? And so God speaks to him. That's pretty amazing. Then you've got someone like Saul who was just traveling along on his way to kill a bunch of Christians. And, and the voice comes from heaven and Saul is knocked to the ground and, and God reveals himself to him, right? That's pretty cool. Except for the part of the story where God blinds him and all that kind of stuff. And maybe that's why some of us are afraid to hear from God, but that's all right. Other great stories. And then there's the one where Jesus was being baptized and a voice came from heaven and uh, then there's people like Jacob having a dream and God tells him who he is in the dream. And, and so, look, here's the, the truth. That's just cool, right? Three of you, really? Seriously. You're trying to tell me if you, like, go outside and start mowing your grass and one of your azalea bushes catches fire, only three of you are going to say, well, that's kind of neat. The rest of you are just going to, come on. That's cool. It is super cool. I don't know about you, but if, I mean, if like my azalea bush says, hey, get off that John Deere and come over here and hear from me, I, I would, that would be a lot crazier than, than you guys are letting on to be. I, Whoa, that's amazing. Here's the problem. It didn't happen very often. And it didn't happen to everyone. Those stories are incredibly rare. We have Moses that heard from a burning bush. It wasn't like Moses, Bob, Jane, Sarah, they were all taking a walk, you know, five burning bushes, just start talking. There wasn't like 17 people all heard voices from heaven and they all felt, and no, no, no. It was incredibly rare and it was only for a few people. And what we know, what we believe emphatically is that God wants to be in the midst of his people. God wants to dwell with his people. God wants his people to hear his voice. And so what does that like today? What is, how is it like for us to hear God's voice? How are we going to do this? And so there are three ways we're going to talk about God's voice, three ways that God's voice is communicated to us over the course of this series. The first one is that he has a spiritual voice. And the second one is that he has a practical voice. And the third one, the final one, is that he has a written voice. And we're going to talk about how all three of those work together and how we can learn what God is saying to us. But the first one we want to start with is this idea of a spiritual voice. Now, if you've got your Bibles, this is our main passage today, and we're going to start here. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 9. And it's helping us understand what is a spiritual voice. So it says, as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man imagined. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that, that my eyes cannot see, that my ears cannot hear, and that my best thinking cannot come up with it. What are we talking about? We're talking about what God has prepared for those who love him. So I have a great dilemma here because I want to know what God has prepared for me. I want to walk in what God has prepared. For me. I want to live what God has prepared for me, but my eyes can't see it. My ears can't hear it. And my mind can't even come up with it. I can come up with a few good ideas, but it doesn't begin to touch what God has. How in the world am I going to get this? These things God has revealed to us through the spirit, through his spirit. You see, this is where God is doing what he's always wanted to do, which is dwell in the midst of his people and speak to them. And so what happens for us today, because Jesus came, he died on the cross, and Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. How many of you have ever read that and said, Jesus, it's to your advantage that I go away? And you looked at your Bible and went, nuh-uh. I mean, seriously, come on, somebody with me on there? Like, I don't think so. 
Like Jesus, when you were here, you raised people from the dead. I haven't seen that happen lately. You, you would do amazing things and people's lives were changed. And everybody was, it was Jesus, amazing. I mean, imagine if you could sit with Jesus and Jesus is like that close to you. Like he's doing the Sermon on the Mount and you managed to squirm your way up to the front. You sit down on the side of the hill and Jesus is like right there. And so somebody comes to you and goes, hey, did you hear what Jesus said last week? Yes, I really heard what Jesus said. I got every word of it. Well, I don't think he said that. Yes, he did. I was that close to him. It was real. It was there. And we could just be so amazed. I mean, we would love for Jesus to come back, right? Y'all with me? And just walk the earth and we could see and all that. But here's the problem. When Jesus is there, he's not there. And so while Jesus was hanging out with these people, everybody else was going to do without. And even when Jesus was doing the Sermon on the Mountain, there was a huge crowd there for that. Everybody else couldn't hear it. Here's our problem. There are 7 billion people on the planet. And, and Jesus would look at them and just be like, hey, uh, yeah, this sermon's over. I'm done. And he's getting in a boat and he's leaving. And they'd be all like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. If you leave, we don't know what God's saying. So everybody rent a boat, get a boat, get a boat. And they'd all get in boats. They'd go to the other side of the lake and try to chase Jesus down. They'd get over there and they'd figure out, where's Jesus? He's gone again. What? Oh my gosh, what are you going to do with Jesus? I mean, could you imagine today if like that's the only way we could hear from God? Instagram. Where's it? Oh, hey, uh, there's an Instagram. There's a Jesus sighting. He's in New York. Everybody get on the plane. Let's go to New York. And you get off the plane at JFK and then you see everybody rushing on the bus over to LaGuardia because they heard Jesus now flying to LA because there's like a movie premiere. He wants to bust up or something like that. And we're, oh man, I got to get to LA. I'm never going to hear the voice of God. No, no, that's over. The beautiful thing we have now was because Jesus said it's to your advantage because he could only be with one while he was raising one from the dead here. People were still dying over there. Jesus is going to fill us with his spirit when we become a believer. And then God dwells with us, always dwelling with us, always knowing what he's saying. We can hear him. It's a spiritual voice and see what God has prepared. Did you guess that part? What God has prepared for those who love him. This is what he's revealing to us through his spirit. But it's not an external communication that we're so used to we would love for it to be. It's, it's an internal. It is not a natural communication. It is a spiritual communication. It goes on to say, For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. The depths of God. What are the depths of God? We're talking about His plans, His will, His thoughts about you. And these are the things that only His Spirit knows, because He is the Spirit, of course. And so that's what he communicates to us through the Spirit. And then he ends this with, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And this is where our problem comes in. Spiritual. But we're natural. We're natural people. We've always been natural people. We have a natural body. We can taste, touch, smell, hear. We live in a natural world. We've always been in a natural world. As long as you've been a human, you've been natural. And, and then when you become a follower of Jesus, the Spirit of God moves into you and you start to become a spiritual person. 
Even if you did this at a young age, maybe you were 15 years old, you were a teenager, here's the problem. You've got 15 years of being natural and only a few days of being spiritual. And some of us didn't do it at 15. Some of us were 20. Some of us were 30. Some of us were 40. Some of us were 50. And so now you've got this problem. You've been a natural person for 30 years. And suddenly you're supposed to be a spiritual person and be in touch with the spiritual part of you. And, and your spiritual side is like a week old, but your natural ears, you're so comfortable with them. You've heard your natural ears your whole life. You're just like, come on, can we just go back to the Jesus days where Jesus is right there because natural Jesus can talk to my natural ears. I can see natural Jesus with my natural eyes. And, and then that's just, it's going to make sense to me. I'm comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable being spiritual. This is new. It's awkward. It's weird for me. But God wants not to dwell in the midst of a crowd speaking through one. God wants to dwell inside of every one of his children and so that we can hear his voice because we're always there. We would love to have this audible voice that thunders from heaven. We would love to have an experience. I don't know if you know it, the Bible says in Exodus that God spoke with Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. And we're like, come on, God, why won't you do that with me? But, but, Let's back up. So when God spoke to Moses, we like the idea. Come on, God, we want you to do this natural thing like you did with Moses. Really? Was that? Y'all think that was natural? A bush burning, not burning up. Voice coming out, nobody around. Who's going to call that natural? All right, how about Saul walking down the street? Suddenly blinded, laying on the ground, hears a voice from heaven. And we like to think, oh, that's, I'll take that, an audible voice from heaven. That'll be good. Just driving down the road, suddenly you hear, hey, you down there. No, but did you ever notice in every one of those stories, when a voice comes from heaven, somebody listening always said it sounded like thunder. Sounds to me, maybe it wasn't so audible after all, but there was something going on that was as much spiritual as it was natural. Does that make sense? Are you starting to catch this? Even when we think it was natural, it was still spiritual. And so if we want to hear the voice of God, we're going to have to figure out how to hear a spiritual voice, which is what we want to start talking about today. So the real question is, how do we understand what the spiritual voice of God sounds like in a tangible way? Well, challenge accepted. You guys ready for this? tangible way to explain a spiritual voice. I'm going to give you three words. I think this will help us. Thoughts, feelings, dreams. Thoughts, feelings, and dreams. Let's start with thoughts. Here's the thing. How many of you have ever thought to yourself, you're sitting around and you're thinking, I should just pick up the phone. I really wonder how so-and-so is doing. I should pick up the phone and call so-and-so. Anybody ever had one of those kind of thoughts or maybe text or whatever else it is, right? And, and how many of you actually did it? All right. Now, how many of you, when you did it, that person was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you called. I was in such a bad place and, and just hearing from you, that just changed how my life was going. Right? Come on. Okay. Right? And, and so we have this problem of where we think, I was just thinking to myself, I should call them. I was just thinking, really? There were 7 billion people on the planet. Why did you think of the one that actually needed you? You know, my, my campus pastor, the one that would also ask me all the time, 
What's God saying to you? He had another saying that he would teach us because he was trying to you know, teach us how to hear the voice of God and everything. And, and we would say, well, I was just thinking to myself. And I did. he's like, really? So you think that was you? Let me tell you something. You're not that good. So here's what you need to know. If you're sitting around thinking to yourself, you should call so-and-so, and when you call so-and-so, it really touches their, their day and changes their life and how things are going. They're thinking, nobody loves me, but you call them out of the blue just to say I was thinking about you. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I love God. God loves me. This is amazing. You're not that good. You're not. You're just not that good. How about this one? We're Southern down here in the South. We like this one. It dawned on me. Well, the other day I was just sitting on my porch and it dawned on me. I hadn't talked to Susie in a while, so I called Susie and she was in such a dark and desperate place. And when, when I just encouraged her, God, you know, I was just sitting there thinking about you and it dawned on me to call you, so I called you. And everybody's given all of the dawning credit. I don't know. I mean, can somebody tell me what dawned on you? We talk, I mean, all of my, my grandparents, my parents, everybody talks about something dawning on them. And I don't know yet what we're supposed to give credit and glory to. Who is it? Is it us? How about this one? We're sitting around and we're praying and we're just talking, God, you know what? I just really want to be closer to you. I just want to hear your voice. I want to experience more of you in my life. I, I, just, I just feel dry. I just really wish there was just something amazing happening. And right then a thought comes to your mind. And it's a TV show. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I just remember I watched a TV show last night. Oh, I got I to gotta stay focused. I'm ADD here. That's not working, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, God, I really just want to experience. No, no, no. You weren't being ADD. That was God. I mean, think about this. You said you wanted more of God. You wanted to experience God. You wanted to be closer to God. Why didn't this thought pop into your head? Go to Mount Sinai where Moses climbed up, got the Ten Commandments, and met with God. That would be a better thing to pop into your head if you're making this up, right? Why did not that come into mind? Instead, this TV show kind of comes into mind. I, I, what's about with this TV show? Now, immediately, some of us start, it's funny, because we don't believe God's talking to us, but we argue with him. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? What's wrong with that TV show, God? It's the Waltons, God. Come on, the Waltons is as godly TV as ever made. How could that be a problem? And here's the first mistake that we make, is that we start rationalizing what we hear from God, that, that first of all, who said that, that it has to be morally bad for you? That wasn't the question you were asking. You were going, well, God, I'd like to be closer to you, but I feel like I'm doing something bad. What is it? No, that wasn't the question. You just said, God, I'd just like to be closer to you. And a TV show comes to mind. God could simply be saying, instead of watching that TV show that you do every night binge watching for two hours, you could be with me. And that would solve that problem. It doesn't mean it's a bad show. It could mean that that show comes on at 11 o'clock every night, and then you can't get up and spend time with God in the morning. For some of us, we're going to be saying, God, I would just, I'd love to experience you more and hear your voice and get more from you. And a TV show does not come to mind. What comes to mind is you pushing your snooze button 17 times every morning and rolling over. Right? That's the voice of God. Our thoughts. Now, I know we like to say that we're just thinking to ourselves, and I was just thinking, and, and it's almost sacrilege to say that God spoke to me, but this whole thing, just thinking. How about this? Theologically, the Spirit of God dwells inside of us and probably is going to participate in the communication taking place inside of us. Did you ever think about it that way? It should be incredibly normal for us to believe that that is God engaging in the conversation. 
that as we start thinking, as we start talking, as we start praying, that the next thought that comes into our mind is something that comes from Him. Throughout this series, we're going to learn to discern between what those voices could be, because there are three. When you hear something, when you believe you're hearing something, it could either be God, it could be the enemy, or it could be you. And throughout this series, we're going to try to help us filter from one and the other, but you need to understand that, that the enemy is pretty easy to pick out. When you're saying, God, I'd like to spend more time with you, and the thought of, I should get up earlier, yeah, that's not the enemy. <laughs> I can just tell you that one's not him. He's like, sleep in, wait till you're late for work, have no time for God. Hey, stay up and watch this show, it'll be great for you. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's usually pretty easy when you're sitting around, oh, hey, let me uh, call so-and-so, I haven't heard from him in a long time, and just check on him. No, Satan would be like, um, well, if you're going to call him, cuss him out, you know. I mean, it's pretty easy to distinguish. Is this good? Is this not for good? So it's pretty easy to tell when the voice of the enemy is getting in there. God, I just don't feel like you love me. That's right, I hate your guts. Okay, that's the voice of the enemy. Come on, people. Right? It is pretty easy to pick out the other. So the only real difficulty we're going to have over these five weeks is helping figure out when it's God and when it's actually us. And the reality is, if we begin to believe that God is speaking to us most of the time, we're going to discover it's almost always God because he lives inside of us and we started a conversation and he joined in because that's what he does with his people. And we just need to come to a place where we can actually believe that. The second one is feelings. Some simple questions. Does it feel right? How does it feel? Does it feel not right? Does it does it feel like you're concerned? Do you, do you feel peace? Do you feel unsettled? I've been going through something the last couple of months, waking up every day with the most incredible anxiety, just absolutely anxious about something. And, you know, we're not even talking about the kind of wake up where you just go, oh, hey, good morning. I mean, I'm talking like bolt out of bed. Oh, my gosh. You know, just anxiety filled about something that I felt I had to do. And uh, just uh, for those of you that know me, anxiety is not me. I, I don't do anxiety. I'm always picking on my wife, actually, because she, she's like always anxious about something. I'm like, honey, just chill. Like, you know, God's in charge. Just relax. So part of it might have been just God teaching me empathy for my wife. There you go. Uh, but, but, you know, the second thing is so one morning, I'm just finally like, okay, I'm, I'm journaling, I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm talking to God, you know, God, what is, I'm just, I'm always anxious about this thing, and I cannot seem to get this done. I had put it on my calendar to set aside a day to prepare for this thing, and what it came down to is this. A few years ago, a friend of mine did a rite of passage ceremony for his son, and I thought, that is so awesome, like, you get the dad of the year award. I want the dad of the year award. I'm going to do that too because this is a really great thing to do with your son. So I'm going to do it because it's a great thing to do with your son. Now, I had missed the, the age that he was doing it at for his son. So I started thinking, okay, when would be the next time? I guess I'll do it when my son is 18. 18 is a good time. He's going to turn 18. That's better. But my son was in marching band during his 18th birthday, which means for like three months I never saw him. Okay, that's kind of how that works. Anybody in marching band knows what I'm talking about. Okay, so I'm thinking, all right, well, instead of that, I will do like graduation. And so for us, that's in about four weeks. And so this was just a few weeks ago that I'm waking up just every morning, just anxious, terrified. There's no way I'm going to get this put together. I, had, I got people I need to have involved and be all, I mean, this, ah! I mean, if you guys could, just, as I'm just journaling, 
I, I just have this conversation with God. So going back to the thoughts, but also talking about the feelings, because I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling unsettled, just feeling like this is just something's not right. God, I'm just so anxious about this. I just don't know what to do. I just really wish I didn't even have to do it. And God says, so why are you? No, again, you just got to go with that thought. Because, I mean, well, what else would put that thought there, right? I said, because Joe did. And immediately, it's like God didn't even have to say another word. Oh, but I'm not Joe. I just immediately knew. It's like, why do I even have to? I don't have to do this. It's what somebody else did for their child. And then I start thinking about all the things I've done with my child, with my son, that he didn't do with his. We've got our markers. We've got our relationship stuff. We're going to look back on these days, and, and, and he's going to think that was awesome. And, and I was simply driving myself to get a, a Dad of the Year award that I think somebody else got for the way they did something, and I put that pressure on me, and I was feeling unsettled. I was feeling anxious. I was feeling stressed. I was feeling like I was just never going to measure up. I was going to disappoint my son and all this sort of stuff. And the minute that I, I got that, so why are you? Joe did. Oh, just peace. I'm not doing it. Not doing, I don't need to do this. This is not the thing that you've told me to do, at least not with this child, not right now. Fell great. Feel great. Here's where the word witness comes in. See, one of the things we do as Christians is we make up our own language. You ever been around church people? You ever heard the phrase, bear witness? Is that bear witness with you? Anybody ever heard that? Wonder what it means? Well, here's what this means. See, the idea of a witness in the natural realm is someone who can come and uh, say what they've seen and bring agreement to what is true. They can bring an agreement to the truth because they can attest to it. So the idea is that there's something inside of you that brings that internal agreement that this is true. It bears witness. There's a witness. And so as you are thinking, as you are believing God is saying, then the question is, is the spirit inside of you bringing peace? You know, it, it, we say it bears witness, like you're praying about, should we take this job, should we move to this place? And there's an excitement, and there's a peace, and, and you're looking forward to it, and you're ready to go. All right, that's great. But on the other hand, what if you're thinking about getting that job, you're thinking about moving, and you are totally riddled with being unsettled, like, I just don't feel good about this. You see, God can speak a confirming peace to move forward, and he can speak a confirming dissettlement to keep you where you are. How does it feel? Now, with me saying that, I'm just going to stop and real quickly give out the caveat. The Bible tells us that our feelings, our heart is deceitfully sick. How can we trust it above all things? Our feelings are incredibly corrupt. We know this, and we know that on top of our feelings, we've got the fact that the enemy would love to incite our feelings, incite passions and lust and, and things for the, the wrong sorts of things. And then we know our own souls are, are just messed up. We've grown up in a broken world, and we've been hurt. And so what we feel is not always what we should feel the way that we should feel it. So one of the things we're going to talk about later in this series is how to separate our broken feelings and, and the, the, the temptations the enemy would put on that and how we can actually hear God's voice, how we can tell the difference between when God is giving us a dissettling sense of don't move or the enemy is giving us a sense of fear to stop us from what God has from us. They can feel almost the same. How do you know one from the other? You get to come back. Looking forward to that. There you go. The third one, dreams. 
and visions, dreams. Some people use the word vision, and, and it could be the same, different, depending on how you want to use that word there. Acts 2.17 is actually a quote out of the Old Testament, an Old Testament prophet named Joel. And it says this, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Uh, here's just the, the reality of it. God speaks through dreams and visions. And many of us experience this. Some of us more than others. My wife, she dreams a lot. Her dreams always mean something. She writes them down. They, they are quite often talking about what God is doing in, in grace life. I, I guess that just kind of goes with who she is and what, what God's called her to do. And she'll tell me, I had this dream and I think it means this and whatever. And then years later, something will happen. She's like, do you remember two years ago I told you about that dream? Oh, yeah, you did, didn't you? Me, on the other hand, I sleep like a baby. I don't. <laughs> I wake up, I don't know a single thought that I had in the middle of the night, uh, that, that's just who I am. And, and God communicates different ways. But if, if you are a person who God speaks to through dreams, like God spoke to Jacob in a dream and told him who he was, God spoke to Peter in a vision and gave him a vision for something he was going to ask him to do later that day and then for the rest of his life. And, and so God can speak through these types of things. If you are receiving from God in that way, I would encourage you to journal, write it down. Pray through it. Each day, ask God. Once again, go back through that thought process. God, what does this mean? And what could that mean? And what could that mean? And journal what your answers are. And the more that you read through your answers and pray through it and journal through it, then your feelings will line up with your thoughts and will line up with what God has shown you. And then you can also just sit down and ask someone who has discernment in these areas. Find out people who are gifted that God has given to do that. But all of everything that I've said so far is really just to set you up for this. The ultimate application for hearing the spiritual voice of God comes down to two words. Listen and trust. And that's really all I want to say today. Matter of fact, this is what I want your takeaway to be. We're going to come back later in the series and talk about listen. So for now, all I'm going to give you is this. We talk a lot. And we don't listen much. Our prayer time goes like this. Good morning, God. Good to see you. Glad, glad I'm still alive. Thank you for letting me breathe once again. Hey, I've got to get off to work here in a minute, but it'd be a great day today if so-and-so didn't show up because they're just annoying at work. And I, I really would appreciate that promotion. That would be cool. And, you know, uh, the winning lottery numbers. If you could let me in on that, that'd be awesome. I promise to tithe if you'll do it. So please, God, just the winning lottery numbers. And, you know, by the way, I've had a little pain in my, my back back there. You know, if you could make my back feel a little bit better, that'd be really good because, you know, the Bible says you're God, my healer. So if you could heal my back, let me go. By the way, I got to go to work now. Thanks. Talk to you later. <laughs> Listen. Like I said, we'll come back to that in the series. So really, if I could get you to walk out this door with anything today, I want you to take one word with you, and that is trust. You see, here's the problem we ultimately face. Most of what I've said today is not a newsflash, not new information. It's pretty normal kind of stuff one of the greatest things the enemy would love to do is to make us think that there is an incredible distance between us and God and across this great chasm God's love does not flow and across this great distance God's will for us God's plan for us you just can't get there. God's voice, nope, it's not there. there. God is over there. We're over here. 
And the best we can do is just put our eyes on the natural because we're good at being natural. Let's think about when we're going on vacation. Let's think about what we're eating for dinner. Let's think about painting the house and, and budgeting for this next thing. Let, let's focus on being natural because we're not good at being spiritual. And, and God is just so far away. There's such a great chasm in between us. The enemy wants you to think God doesn't speak to you. You can't trust what you think. You can't trust what you feel. You can't trust a dream that you had. God isn't speaking. The enemy wants us to believe God is so far away. There's nothing left except go to church and try to be good. But God's not interactive in your life. God's not speaking. One of the most important things we are going to have to do is trust. I said it earlier. We, we think it's almost sacrilegious. To come up to somebody, I was praying this morning and God said to me, really, how dare you presume that? No, no, no. Not how dare you presume. How bold of you to trust. How bold of you to trust that after all, the Bible says that God himself dwells within you. Of course he would talk to you. Of course he would speak to you. And if you even want to start out a little shy and safe, you can use these words. I, I think God's saying to me, I was praying this morning. I feel like God might have been telling me to do this. The most important thing we can do is stop saying, it dawned on me, whatever the heck it is. I was thinking to myself, and my good idea is, no, the best thing that we can do is start trusting that is the voice of God. It is God that gives us peace. It is God that removes peace when he wants us to stay put. It's God that speaks when we ask questions in prayer. The most important thing we can do is trust. You want to know what's really sad? We trust the voice of the enemy like awesome. I've never had to talk somebody out of that. But it's our truth. It becomes our truth. People sit down in my office and go, God doesn't love me. Really? What voice told you that? That wasn't God. We, we trust emphatically every word that Satan says to you. We're filled with guilt. We're filled with shame. He comes up and says, God can't use you. God can't work with you. You could never be good enough. You know what you did last week? God can't forgive that. And we just go, I believe it. It becomes our truth. We trust every word that the enemy ever speaks. And then when it comes from hearing from our own loving Father who dwells within us, we think, oh, that, that's just me. That couldn't be God. Trust. You can hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice of God. We need only to listen and trust I want you just to imagine. Can you imagine what your life would be like if we heard the voice of God clearly? Can you imagine the impact we could have if we went throughout this world and we knew that thought that just came into our mind, that's the voice of God. And so when you're sitting in a restaurant and there's somebody on the other side that will never enter the doors of a church, they're never going to hear what I've got to say, and you hear this thought that says, go pray for them. Go over there and tell them that I see them, I love them, and I know what's going on. And you're thinking, ah, oh, that's just me. I'm just going to keep eating. Imagine the impact we could have if every single one of us at every single moment was a mouthpiece for the living God upon the earth to everyone who doesn't know his voice. 
Imagine, can you imagine how strong we could stand up against the enemy that says, you're not good enough. If we knew what God said, if we trusted his plans, if we trusted his thoughts, if we trusted his will and said, I am good enough, I'm a child of God, because he told me so. Can you imagine what we could do if we would trust the voice of God? We only need to listen and to trust. I want to close by talking to a select few who can't hear the voice of God. And you can't hear because His Spirit does not dwell inside of you. See, one theological truth that we laid out earlier is that the Spirit of God moves in when you become a believer in Jesus, when you make an exchange. And He brings your heart to life, your spirit comes to life, the Spirit of God comes to dwell inside of you. The Bible tells us that until we make Jesus our king, his spirit does not dwell inside of us. And so if you've heard the voice of God at all, it's been on those rare occasions when he interjects to save you from something. Hey, don't do that. That'd be really stupid. When you were thinking of playing with a gun or something, you were a kid. I'm not saying you've never heard his voice, but you can't hear his voice every day, every moment because his spirit doesn't dwell in you. And so whatever language you use, if it's Jesus, I need you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, I want you to be my King. Jesus, I want to live for you because you died for me. Whatever your language is, if you have never made that exchange, if you've never invited Jesus to be your King, if you've never allowed the Spirit of God to come and dwell inside of you, to become the temple of the living God, I want to help you do that now because you can't hear the voice of God regularly if He does not dwell inside of you. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to come down front. You don't have to do anything weird. I'm just going to pray right where we're seated. Would you all join me? Say something like this to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And now, I want to live for you. I want you to be my king. I thank you that you've put your spirit inside of me and that I can hear your voice every moment of every day. I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your forgiveness. And my simple prayer today is that you would give me a life of great meaning and great purpose in your kingdom. Amen. Let's celebrate with those people. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Grace Life Me and on Twitter at Grace Life Church. Music.